strange stories of peculiar people and extraordinary events throughout history. This is Notorious Narratives. Hi, and welcome to Notorious Narratives. I'm Robin. And I'm Jen. And today we're going to talk about the history of perfume. I was unaware that perfume had a history that was worth discussing. It does. It does. So in this episode, I'm going to give you a little bit of a synopsis on perfume, but also break down some regions or um, times in the history. In the history. <laughs> in the history. The times, history of times during history of world. where they use perfume in certain ways. Like on your cooter? <laughs> on your stinky cooter? Um, cooter is not a word that I used. Mm, interesting. But I mean, that's seems... I used I use butt a lot, and you'll know why. So if because <laughs> you're stinky, stinky for neuter. No, it was actually not a human butt. All right, let's get started, shall we? Yes. Okay. So if you're a perfume fan, then you probably know the basics. But the slick glass bottles and perfectly airbrushed celeb campaigns of today's perfume counters start with strange history that stretches back thousands of years. And involves chemicals derived from the butts of dead cats, things that happened around the Crusades, God sweat, scented feet, the plague, and whale vomit. Well, well, all right then. That sounds like um, <laughs> things you say to someone when they're hungover to see if they'll vomit. Whale vomit. <laughs> Just any of any single one of those things <laughs> would make me vomit. Scented feet. No, thank you. Today's show is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. Just go to audibletrial.com slash narratives and browse the unmatched selection of audio programs. Download a title free and start listening. It's that easy. Just go to audibletrial.com slash narratives to get started today. So the history of perfume is more than just a history of human beings trying to smell nice. It's a history filled with much strife and innovation. The ingredients that are used to create scents have historically been hugely important for trade routes. High-class scents have always been used as a method of distinguishing nobility from the peasantry. For example, Elizabeth I wore a perfume made of musk and rose water, while Napoleon ordered 50 bottles of cologne a month. And that, 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 that seems accurate. He looks like a dude who would wear too much cologne. Can you just like when right. he's riding on his horse and the smell that comes after? No, it? thank you. Like you walk into town, you're like, make sure you're downwind, right? Napoleon's been here. <laughs> and the baker's like, he left three days ago. Damn, that's scented. <laughs> Potent. Wow, that's some crazy butt of cats. Let's tell you that much. Well, vomit is extra aromatic today. Hi, everybody. I'm Katie Segal. And I'm Kurt Sutter. And welcome to our new podcast called Pie. People, Influences, and Experiences. Yes, it's sort of the uh, get to know you at a deeper level, the who, what, when, where, and why you are, rather than what it is you do. Absolutely. We're not going to talk too much about what people do. We just want to know about their families, where they come from, you know, what shapes their parenting if they have kids, what shapes their marriages if they're married. We just want to be really nosy. We want to get in there. A deep dive into nature and nurture. And we started it because there are a lot of people that we don't know that we are curious about. Right. And I have no friends, so for me, it's, you know. Try like, to get them out of the house. Listen to it on whatever you listen to <laughs> podcasts on. Yeah, podcast, your, homecasts. Your, 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 your podcasting apparatus. Watch it on the YouTube. He's aging himself. 
then also fragrance has been tied to expressions of religious devotion, health precautions, and cleanliness efforts for most of the history of human civilization. So here are some of the ancient origins of perfume and where they came from. All right. So let's get to ancient Egypt. The Egyptians were huge fans of perfume and used it for both ceremonial and beautification purposes. So fragrance is thought to be the sweat of the sun god Ra. They even had a god of perfume, Nefertum, who wore a headdress made of water lilies, which was one of the biggest perfume ingredients of the time. Archaeologists have also uncovered many Egyptian recipes and elaborate prescriptions for perfume making. If you were a king or other person of high status in Egyptian society, perfume of some sort was going to be part of your everyday life, smeared on you in the form of a scented oil to keep you fragrant. In the modern world, alcohol is actually the base material in, in perfumes, but in ancient times, perfumes were made with an oil base. Just a heads up, because basically all of these are going to be talked about oil base. In fact, the University of Bonn is currently trying to recreate a pharaoh's perfume from 1479 BC, based off its discovered remains found in a flagon, which is a con container. Chances are it will be sticky and smell heavily of river botanicals and incense. And unfortunately, no, no poor people or peasant peasantry or slaves, none of them were allowed to wear perfume during this time. Well, not allowed or just couldn't afford it? They weren't allowed. Oh, okay. So it was only for the fancy folk. Mm -hmm. Imagine if one of them got their hands on a pharaoh's scented oil and were like, oh, and dab a little here. So Egyptians imported huge amounts of perfume ingredients from Punt, a region of Africa which specialized in aromic woods and myrrh. So much so that the perfume trade was a big part of international relations for both the regions. It was basically the equivalent of the U.S. and China striking a million-dollar deal on sandalwood. That's the equivalent monetary value during that time. All right, so the next little area we should talk about, um, I shouldn't say area, it's a big area, ancient Persia. The ancient Persian royal class was also seriously invested in perfume, so much so that it was common for kings to be pictured with perfume bottles in Persian art. The legendary rulers Darius and Sorsis was shown in one form, sitting comfortably with their perfume bottles and holding perfume flowers in their hands. The Persians dominated the perfume trade for hundreds of years, and many believe that they invented the distillation process that led to the discovery of base alcohol. One thing that we do know for sure is that Avicenna, the Persian doctor, chemist, and philosopher, experimented extensively with distillation to try and make better sense and was the first to figure out the chemistry behind perfumes that weren't oil-based. I always thought that perfume was oil-based and then alcohol was added to it to thin it out to make it go further and that then when you put it on your skin, the alcohol would evaporate and what would be left would be the scent of the oil. That sounds fun. And I don't I, know if that's true or not. I could have made all of that up. <laughs> I believed it. It's not in my story. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. <laughs> so it's a good theory. It's a very good theory. Sure. I didn't go into that whole process of how perfume is made. I just wanted to talk about You didn't like, go down the chemistry part. You no. went down the culture part. See what I did there? I do see what you did there. I'll always go down the science part. Yeah, I'm always about the people. It's, it's how we differ. So another area. Let's talk about ancient Rome. Let's do that. They used urine as mouthwash. So let's find out what they did with their perfume. All right. So just imagine oil-based perfume in Rome. I imagine that it smells something like a Catholic church. And dinner. <laughs> so many ancient Rome, many ancient smells Roman. Smells like and, garlic yeah, and incense. Basically. Many ancient Roman and Greek perfume recipes have survived that 
we were actually able to recreate ancient perfumes in our modern era. The ancient Greeks and Roman carefully documented their perfume-making processes. In fact, there's even a mural in a perfume-maker's house in Pompeii documenting the process of making Greco-Roman perfumes. First, the oil was made by pressing olives. Then ingredients like plants and woods were added to the oil using meticulous scale measurements for, from the recipe. And finally, they were left to steep and the ingredients were left in the oil so that the oil would then take on its scent. So it's sort of like um, like one of those olive oil places where they Yeah, have I need some bread. Anyway, the world's oldest uh, perfume factory was unearthed in Cyprus in 2007, the mythological home of Aphrodite, goddess of love. But this probably wasn't a coincidence. The cult of Aphrodite's strong cultural link to perfume meant that this perfume factory was probably supplying scents for the temples and worshippers. Perfume was often used in ancient societies to bring believers closer to the gods, but scent wasn't just for religious purposes. It was everywhere. So by a rough guess, by 100 AD, Romans were using 2,800 tons of frankincense a year. Holy fucking bullshit. And perfume was used in beauty products, public baths, and even on the soles of their feet. Yeah. I mean, feet stink. Especially dirty. I'm imagining dirty Roman feet. Sandals. A lot of sandals. God, imagine how bad those sandals smelled. If you've ever owned a pair of Birkenstocks, people, imagine not. ancient Birkenstocks. They fucking reek after you wear them for like one summer. Anyway. I I, I believe this. Like Converse worn without socks. Oh, yeah. Like just, just permeated foot smell permeated foot smell but is also a type of scent so the next area we're going to talk about is ancient china the ancient chinese relationship with scent didn't really focus on the body rather than wearing perfume ancient chinese culture utilized the scents by burning incense and fragrant material in special spaces histories of the use of scent in chinese society tend to emphasize that perfumes weren't originally considered a cosmetic rather they were used for disinfection and purity and it was believed that they could eliminate disease from rooms. So that's why they'd use incense and other fragrant fabrics and everything to get, carry out the scent from the room. So the history of Lysol. Yeah, basically, yeah. Is what Lysol. you're saying. Febreze. Yeah. Yeah, a scented candle. Absolutely. Yeah. So while scented flowers were a part of the traditional gardens and mandarin oranges were once used by noble women to scent their hands, it seems that for centuries wearing perfume on your body wasn't necessarily the in thing in China. But even though there was a myth today that there was no perfume used on bodies in ancient China, it's actually nonsense because according to Chinese chemistry historians, the period between the Sioux and the Song dynasties was rife with personal perfumes, with nobles competing for the best scents and importing ingredients via the Silk Road. That's Silk Road. I mean, it is probably one of the most famous historic trade routes. Mm -hmm. So by the Qing dynasty, which is 1644 to 1912... The emperor seems to have carried a perfume pouch year-round, an adaptation of the traditional pocket pouch that brought good luck, except that his was stuffed with fragrant herbs. Okay. Yeah. I he mean, wants to smell like mint and thyme. Good on him. Absolutely. Instead so, of like old emperor ball sweat. I mean, if, if no one locked that scent down. Lock that scent down. Lock it down. Right now, it's definitely musky. Oh, oh my God. Yeah, you just took a drink of wine and you tasted Old Emperor Ball Sweat. I'm aware. I'm aware. <laughs> oh, my God. So the big difference between this and other perfume traditions, though, is that a lot of Chinese perfume ingredients were also used for many other purposes, like food and medicine. <laughs> the next period we're going to talk about 
is medieval Europe. Oh, they were some stinky this motherfuckers. This is where it gets fun. <laughs> Has it not been fun? I oh, like it's been great. Already just having a really good time. Wait for this. Let's <laughs> just wait for that plague smell to just smack you in the face. Can't see me, but I'm rolling up my sleeves. <laughs> she's she's digging in. She's getting ready. So, if you were anybody in Europe between the years of 1200s and 1600s, you carried a pometer, a ball of scented materials kept inside a lovely open case and used to ward off infection and keep the air around you clean. Since the medieval Europeans literally thought that bad air could make you sick, it's actually a disease called miasma? Miasma? It's a theory of miasma, which said that diseases were thought to be suspended in badly scented, unhealthy air. These little, these little cases were seen as lifesavers, though, as well as charming accessories throughout Europe. If only that were true. I know. Typically. Just wash your fucking hands, wash man. Wash your fucking hands. Florence Nightingale taught us nothing. Perhaps the teachings of Typhoid Mary did. Wash, wash your, your fucking, fucking hands. So the whole idea of this portable perfume seems to have popped up in the Middle Ages after the Crusaders, returning from holy wars in Arabia, also brought back their enemies' perfume-making secrets. Even though the idea of personal oil-based perfumes didn't catch on, they, they discovered that civet, castor, musk, Embergris and other animal-based products made great bases for scents and carried scent bags or sachets to perfume their clothing. But the first alcohol-based perfume was created in this period, too. It was known as Hungry Water because it was believed to have been created for the Queen of Hungary during the 14th century. I thought you said hungry, as in, like, I am hungry to eat food. So I was like, hungry Hungry water. water. (laughs) I'm hungry for water, yes. No, it was for the Queen of Hungary during the 14th century, and it involved distilled alcohol and herbs, probably a mixture of rosemary and mint. She wanted to smell fresh. Yeah. And so in case you were wondering, I wanted to, before I mention that, you'll figure out what musk is. These are the animal-based ingredients, right? Yeah. So mm-hmm. musk is it's a like, secretion yeah. from the musk pod of the male musk deer, uh-huh. an organ used for marking territory. Uh-huh. Where is, where is that organ, Robin? What do you want to know? It's in the butt. So civet is a liquid from the anal glands of civet cats. Castor is made up from the scent glands of beavers. And ambergris is a gray oily lump found in the digestive system sperm whales, probably a byproduct of trying to digest squid. But they do say that ambergris is an unbelievably good smell. I I don't know. I saw that episode of Bob's Burgers, so I feel like I know something about, <laughs> about Amber Chris. Oh, well, then it's definitely true. <laughs> I mean, I feel like they wouldn't lie to me. They never do. I mean, they've essentially taught me how to parent. So so the next one is Renaissance Italy, roughly between the 14 and 1500s. So a serious breakthrough in perfume production came in Italy, when they discovered how to create aqua mirabilis, a clear substance made of 95% alcohol and heavy with strong scent. And thus, the liquid perfume was born. Yeah. After this invention in Italy, Venice in particular, Venice became the center of the world's perfume trade for several hundred years. So if there was one person who definitely brought Italian perfume to France and the rest of the world, it was Catherine de' Medici. Uh, who was an Italian bride wed to a French king, and she had her own perfume made up for her by an Italian perfumer, René La Florentine, a scented water with bergamot and orange blossom. 
Oh, I bet that smelled really nice. I love orange blossom. I love bergamot. So he also created musk and civet scented gloves for her, which were basically a sensation during that time period. And it was funny because given that Catherine's been accused of murdering people with gloves doused in poison, Mm -hmm. this is actually pretty poetic that she had gloves, scented gloves. So from there, things accelerated. After a brief dip in perfume popularity in repressed Victorian England, synthetic compounds began to be discovered in the late 1800s, and the modern perfume industry was then born. So just think about the next time you dab your wrists with some famous perfume, whether it's by a Kardashian or Chanel number no. 5. Do the Kardashians have a perfume? I'm thinking. I mean, they have everything. I mean, fucking probably. Right? Yeah. So just be thankful that you are carrying around a wonderful scent and not beaver butt liquid, right? I mean, but it's all made to smell like that beaver butt liquid. I mean, nothing's good like a beaver butt. I've learned a lot. I feel like I've come a long way. So that was History of Perfume, the end to a stinky story. Just another notorious narrative. If you enjoy our episodes, you can also go to patreon.com slash notorious narratives, where you can access exclusive content. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to be notified when a new episode is available. Keep it weird and never stop exploring.